I'm Chris, and this is my Writing Table Podcast, where we talk to authors and other creatives about the writing world and what it takes to create the books that we love to read. Ready? Pull up a chair, and let's begin. USA Today bestselling author Annie Raines lives in a small coastal North Carolina town full of lovable folks, scenic downtown areas, and breathtaking nature. Similar to the towns she writes about in her books, Annie's love of reading and writing grabbed hold of her at a young age and never let go. Her first book was published in 2015, and she's been writing heartfelt, page-turning stories ever since. When Annie isn't writing, she's reading from her never-ending TBR stack on her bedside table, taking long walks while plotting her character's happy endings, and living out her own happily ever after with her husband, three children, feisty rescue cat, and mischievous dog. Annie is the author of the Somerset Lake series, the latest The Good Luck Cafe. Welcome, Annie. Hi, thank you for having me. You are a pediatric occupational therapist, a job that requires you to be in tune with your patients' both physical and emotional needs. Do you think that this career has contributed to the novels you write today? I really do because I see a lot of people and I work with a lot of people. So I see that side of like disabilities and some of the the challenges that come with that. Not even disabilities, but just having lots of kids and managing them. I think that affects my work a lot because I like to include families in my work a lot. Like this past novel, I have an adult who has Down syndrome. He was really inspired by, you know, I've seen several children in my, my years with Down Mm -hmm. syndrome. I like to have like a full representation of like all the people that are out there, especially the people that are close to my heart and that I work with. I also work with military families. So because I'm an occupational therapist on a military base, there's some pretty like specific challenges that come with Mm -hmm. that because, you know, they're always looking for home. And I feel like that's Mm -hmm. kind of a theme. And a lot of my work is that looking for home, finding home, having that place where you belong. And I feel like that's a big theme with the military community because they're always being uprooted and like finding new places to go. And it's very interesting. When I was about in high school, I discovered romance novels. Like I discovered Danielle Steele. I had like a a time there where I like could not get enough Danielle Steele. And she writes a lot of books. So I have not read all of her books, but like I couldn't get enough. And I was constantly reading them, listening to them. They were like on little cassette tapes at the time. Mm -hmm. I really connected with that. And I knew I liked that love story. Like even like growing up, like my family was really big into soap operas. So I remember like getting off the bus in kindergarten and like, (laughs) I can't wait to watch the soap opera. Like we would record it. So like those romance, like I've just always been drawn to that love story and the drama. And so when I finally discovered that from my writing, it really clicked. So what was your soap opera? I had three. I mean, I was really hooked on the soap operas. I had Days of Our Lives, Uh um, Another World, and Santa Barbara. I was a CBS girl. We watched Guiding Light as the world turns, but I hung out with all these girls that watched Days of Our Lives. And if I went home for lunch with them, there'd be like a carload of girls and one of the moms would have lunch ready so we could watch like 30 minutes of Days of Our Lives. Like it was like an education for me. When you're little and you're watching that, it's like a little education, like learning the conflict. Family dynamics and and conflict. Yeah. 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 I know you're still working as an OT. When was it though that you said, okay, I'm going to try to write my own love story? 
okay, well, it was always a dream of mine mm-hmm. uh, like growing up. Like right. I wanted to be a writer. I loved writing. But when I turned 20, for some reason, I had it in my head, like, okay, I'm an adult. You know, I have to write my <laughs> novel. And we had those like big, you know, the big computers back then. Mm-hmm. And I remember like yeah. sitting at the computer every day and like writing my novel. So 20 years old. And back then you had to like send out query letters, like mail, mail. the self-addressed stamped envelope. And I collected <laughs> like a whole binder full of rejections. Sad and all, but I had also like learned that that's part of the process mm-hmm. and I was kind of proud of them. So I think I still have the binder somewhere. I'm sure I do. Years and years of rejection. And then I quit for a while and I picked it back up again when I was pregnant with my first son. So I was 29. Started when and I was then- 20, got a lot of rejection, got discouraged, came back when I was 29. And then I finally like stuck with it until it happened. When you went back at 29, how long did it take for you to land your agent and get your first contract? Oh, let's see. I I want to say it took about five years because I had spent the whole year leading up to getting my agent, like preparing for self-publishing. Like I did the Mark Dawson course. I did a bunch of like courses. The three books that I had already written last, I had written more mm-hmm. before that, but the last three I had written, I had hired a professional editor and had them mm-hmm. professionally done. I had the covers, like I was ready to hit publish and yeah. then I got an agent. And quickly after that, I got love swept when Random House uh-huh. had the digital only yeah. love swept. And my agent said, you shouldn't publish these right now. The ones that I had already prepared mm-hmm. because they wanted me to be a debut author. And if I published those, then I wouldn't be considered debut. That's so right. I pulled the plug on that. And I went with a traditional, once you get on that traditional track, it's like deadline, 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 deadline. And the rest is right in front of us. We're on that deadline. How many books a year are you writing? Well, that's changed recently because, you know, for a while there, when I first got with Forever, mm-hmm. I was mass market and we were doing three books a year, oh. which was a lot, like yeah. a whole lot. We've recently gone to the trade size, which mm-hmm. comes out less often. So I'm doing one a year with Forever and I'm doing one a year with Kensington for women's fiction. Nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing like two a year. I can see two a year. Three is a lot. Especially when you have a day job. Yeah, and I was, children. Yeah. And three and children. Pets. And a husband. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot. So, you know, the housework wasn't getting done. That's all <laughs> exactly. I can say. About the Good Luck Cafe. Yes. It's the fourth book in my Somerset Lake series, but I try to make all my books stand alone. Mm-hmm. So that if you haven't read the first three, that's fine. Hopefully you can pick it up and just start that couple's story. But if you have read the first three, then you'll remember Moya and Gil because they're like in all the books. And I'm really excited about this one because like when you're writing a series, there's that couple in the background that you know is going to be a couple, but you you don't know what the story is yet. And with these two, there's like a dynamic in, a, in the other books where every time Gil walks into a room, Moya's like, oh my gosh, I got to get out of here. Like she's like <laughs> dodging him at every corner and you could just tell there's something there. I didn't even know what was there. So I was excited, but I was also kind of stressed out a little bit when I started because <laughs> I was like, I've been leading up to this, but I have no idea what happened. So. Figuring out what happened between them was really fun. But the story itself is Moya and Gil. Moya is a 911 operator, which I found to be a lot of fun because I'm Mm. fascinated by that kind of stuff. And Gil is the town's mayor. And they have that history, that backstory that I don't want to tell anybody about because, you know, you got to read the book to find out. But Gil is the only one that knows Moya's secret. There's a secret there and he's the only one that knows it. And she feels very awkward around him. 
kind of avoids him and he's always had kind of a thing for her. But Moya's mom's bakery is about to be shut down by the town. And so she feels like she has to stop it and fight it. And the only way she can come up with to do that is to throw her hat in the ring and kind of go against him and try to be the mayor of the town. There's like an election coming up. So she decides to run for mayor against him. So I had a lot of fun with the story. The couple in the background that you kind of see and you can see there's something there. What is it about how art copies life or life copies art or whatever? And, you know, you look at it, you can be around people and see an attraction that sometimes they don't see. And then it's like, you're not all that surprised when you find out they get together two years later. So it's kind of fun to see that happen in a book. And, And I know what you're talking about. Like, you know, there's something there and it's not that you're afraid to explore it. It just hasn't really happened like in life. It just hasn't bloomed yet. Yeah. It's fun when you're a writer and you actually don't know what it is for yourself because you kind of have to dig and figure it out. And that's part of the fun of writing the story. She jumped in. Did it take you a while to figure out what it was? Weeks, months? Yeah. I think it took more like weeks, which to me seems like a while. Like when you're in it. On your deadline. And you're like banging your head for weeks. Like, what is it? What is it? And you kind of have like a nugget. But you kind of have to like keep feeling it out. And I remember taking my kids to the skating rink and I had my like notepad there and I was like scribbling and writing and coming up with ideas in the middle of a crazy skating rink that was, you know, the strobe lights going, (laughs) figured out their secret in the skating rink. Is there a skating rink scene in the book now? No, there's not. (laughs) That's for another book. That would be fun though. What do you think it is about small town romance that keeps us coming back? What is it that... I just think small town is like very familiar to people. To me, it's like very comforting, like slow paced. You kind of like have that hallmark feel to it that everybody knows everybody. I think that's part of the charm of it. Mm -hmm. All the places, the regular hangouts, you're bound to run into somebody, which is perfect for romance because you're going to run into that person and, you know, (laughs) you're going to have that second chance romance because... Everybody knows everybody in the town and most likely you've dated that person. There's also like perfect setting for enemies to lovers because Mm -hmm. small towns, it's like the perfect setting for romance, in my opinion. What's next for you? So my first women's fiction comes out this August. I'm super excited. So that's what's next for me. It's got like a little magical element to it, kind of a Groundhog Day time loop, which Mm -hmm. I had no idea time loops were that hard to write if I had known. I probably would have been like, yeah, no. But now you know, after you finish it, you feel that like, ah, that was fun. That was great. But time loops were really hard to write. I'm excited that it's done. It's coming out. And I'm really happy with how it turned out. And then I have a new series with Forever coming out next year. Small town romance? Of course. <laughs> of course. I was speaking to Allison Winscotch, who wrote The Rewind, a dual timeline. And really, I said that and she said, well, actually, there are three timelines. I said, how did you do this? And she just wrote it like she's not an outliner. She just, okay, the woman must be a genius because I couldn't keep up with that. No, I mean, are you an outliner or are you a genius? Well, I mean, I wish I could say I'm a genius, but (laughs) I'm not. I try to outline because when you have deadlines, it really helps to have an outline to kind of know where you're going. Otherwise, you lose like 50 pages here and there. But every time I outline, I have it and then I start it and then it changes. And so I feel like I'm constantly like going forward with the outline and then I do a little pantsing and then I have to outline again to get back on track. And I I wind up doing that like five, six times. I've just come to accept that that's my process. That's your process. (laughs) Outline and pants and outline and pants until it's done. 
Yeah, I tried the tight, tight outlining and I did save the cat writes the novel. And I've essentially taken little bits and pieces from everybody. In the beginning, I use it. And then when I'm about a third the way in, that's when things get sticky. And sometimes I have to go back. But you know, once you're about 60% in, you see where you're going. I found that when I tried to really stick tight to that outline, it wasn't very fun. And I don't think the book was very fun. I think the book was kind of flat because I was like, Okay. And then this happens too. When it changes, that's part of like the creative, like magic Mm -hmm. that writers get. So you have to follow it. Like, even though you have this rigid outline, there's no way if you get like some of that new inspiration, you have to follow it because that's where the story really becomes like magic gold. Like, yay. One of the biggest surprises for me about writing is how much our brain does for us. Like you're writing a book you think you're going to write. And we always say the characters get in our head and they take us down another avenue, but something happens and your brain builds networks with these stories and they're so much better than what you thought you were going to do. Totally agree. Like the subconscious, something happens. It is magic. Well, and I have to turn in an outline before I start the book for my publishers. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times my editor's like, I thought the book was supposed to be about this. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. I don't usually tell them like, hey, my book changed. It's so much better. You'll see. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, sorry, it's finished. You have a huge TBR pile. First of all, what is it that you like to read? Well, I mean, I have a little bit of everything and I have a pile upstairs that I wouldn't be able to tell you what's in that pile because it came from the teacher's lounge where I work. (laughs) Someone donates books. I don't know who it is, but they have like a taste in thrillers and mysteries. And I love thrillers. Like I love thrillers. So um, I have a lot of thrillers and couldn't tell you who is in there. I know Karen Slaughter's in there Mm -hmm. because I love Karen Slaughter. I think she's kind of a dark thriller. I have a very short attention span sometimes. And so I need that to keep me going. But I also have like, you know, like I have Terry Wilson over here. I have David, oh, yeah. Debbie Mason. Um, who is that? Nicola Yoon. I have like a wide range. Catherine Center, The Bodyguard, the very Love top her. that I really want to read. It. I guess got to find the time and the chance to yeah. stop and read it. The Bodyguard was one of those books that like I didn't see where it was going to go. I think I listened to an arc through NetGalley and it got a little dark, but then it came out so hopeful. It was like it was all so worth it. It's just yeah. so reassuring about the world. She wrote How to Walk Away. Did you read that one? (laughs) Yes. I loved that book so much. I don't know how many times I've told people, like, go buy this book because I thought it was the best book. Turns from Texas, too. And so I followed her, loved her books. I thought I'd read all of her books. And I had finished my first book after many, many iterations finally ended up being my first book. And I discovered this lost husband. I think it might be her first book. The cover was different from her other books. And I was like, okay, well, oh, good. There's an audio book. I'll listen to it. Well, it has a very similar storyline to the one that I wrote about the woman that lost her husband and she has two kids and she goes back home and set in like the Texas Hill Country. And I was like, somebody has already written this book. I've wasted five years. What did I do? And, you know, then I found out everybody writes it differently. It's all good now. There's so many books out there that kind of like mirror each other. It's just odd that that happens sometimes. Now we use it as a comp for people who enjoyed Catherine Centers, yes. da, da, da. then, you know, but at the time I was like, oh, people are going to think I copied her book and, and I wrote my whole book before I ever knew this book existed. And, and you know, she's in the movie it's on Netflix. She is in the scene where they are at the farmer's market buying the cheese. She oh. has her mother in it. So you're, her red hair and her big smile. We've had her on the show and I just think the world of her. Yeah. What do you wish you had known when you began? 
Oh, man. <laughs> you want to say, like, you had known when you began, like, how long it would be and how hard it would be and, like, all the things. You probably wouldn't begin. So that's, like, not what you would wish because... <laughs> I'm glad I continued forward. It took years and years and rejection and rejection. And I think a lot of people, if they could see that far ahead, they'd be like, hey, no. And those first few books, you really don't get a whole big, well, some people get a large advance, but I didn't. And so you put like years into this and if you look at the hours you put into it, it's less than minimum wage. You know, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. That's what I wish. I'm glad that I didn't know that. I don't really know what I wish I would have known because the struggle winds up being worth it. And maybe that's what I wish I would have known. Like yeah. the struggle is there and it's hard, but not to get discouraged because you just keep going. You just write the story of your heart. You don't try to write to market. And the more like emotion you put into it, the more of yourself you put into it, the more that you feel when you're writing the more the reader, like you're going to find readers who can like relate to that. And knowing that would be helpful, especially when you're in that stage where like all the agents are saying, no, not for us. No, thank you. And it gets discouraging sometimes. Well, it makes you doubt yourself because you feel like I know the story I'm telling and they think I'm telling the wrong story and they're the ones that can let me in. So if they think I'm telling the wrong story, maybe I have to change it. But you find the one person is, this is the right story. And then you'll find readers are like, we love this story. So, but you don't know that. They talk about the starving artist. They don't say the starving writer or no one would write a book. Come across so many, like a lot, like seems like every time I turn around and people find out that you're a writer or an author, everybody wants to write a book. They're not (laughs) thinking starving writer, like in their head, Uh like, why are you still working a day job? I get that a lot. I'm like starving writer. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen Diane Keaton looking out on the Cape or in the Hamptons. You never see her getting on social media, reading her reviews or any of that stuff. Yeah. Any of that. Yeah. Well, you won't see me doing that either (laughs) because I've learned a long time ago that I have an assistant who helps me now. And when I have a release, I'll email her and say, can you send me some good reviews? Because I'm just terrified to go into the review place because if I see a bad one, I won't write for like a week. I'll be like, um, you know, (laughs) I don't think people really realize how much that means to Mm -hmm. an author. Like it doesn't matter how many books you've written, like for somebody to reach out and tell you that the book like meant something to them or like gave them hope. Like one, one person came up to me at a signing one time and she said like she was struggling and having like a really hard rock bottom time. And she had read my book. I think it was Christmas on Mistletoe Lane, like the mm-hmm. first book in my Sweetwater Spring series. And she said like it lifted her up and it was like the turnaround she needed. Like you don't think that your book's going to make that big of a difference and then you run into people who don't read your books and they're like, you know, oh, romance. I don't read that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. And that can really yeah. get to you. But then you get that one person who's like, that pulled me out of like a deep, dark, you know, spot that just feels good. Romance has and, a lot to teach writers too. Yeah. And there's a lot of romance in the women's fiction. It's all mm-hmm. about like, it can be slight sometimes. I feel like sometimes mine is women's fiction-y as much as it is romance, which is really why yeah. I really wanted to write women's fiction because they can be like hand in hand sometimes. My thing was I had a couple ideas for books that didn't end where the couple stays together. And I didn't want somebody to tell me later, oh, you can't do that because you write romance. Yeah. Now you're hearing people doing a little bit of everything, but at the time, and this was probably 10 years ago, I was hearing stay in your lane. You know, if you're going to do romance, it's kind of nice to see people venturing out and 
and the publishers rewarding that. They're the gatekeepers. I do think it's changed a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to see that too. And like when Nicholas Sparks books first started coming out, and I loved his books when they first started coming out, he'd be very adamant. Like you'd see it in like an article. I do not write romance. So many characters (laughs) had tragic endings, but now that can happen in a romance Mm -hmm. and you still call it a romance. I think the fact that a dude writes a book and says it's not romance, he can get away with that. Yeah. One of us did that. Not so much. Women started using just their first initial. So you would think that that they were men. The games we have to play. Do you have any advice for new writers? Every time I get asked that question, I always say the same thing. I think it's like my advice because I did go through so many years of rejection, like a lot, a lot of rejection. And I did have that time where I stopped. I think if I hadn't picked it back up again, I would always regret it. I think that it's really easy to get discouraged and to stop and to think it's not worth it. But my advice is always like, keep going, not just keep going and writing what you're doing. But if it's not working, you got to go study the craft. You got to figure out why it's not working. You might have to get a critique partner to help you figure things out. Cause that's what I had to do. I got a critique partner. She started doing classes. So I did the same classes and we would like share what we're learning. And then we went to the RWA conference. And I feel like if you figure out why it's not working and you just keep going and doing what you're doing, getting better and better, it's going to work out eventually. Maybe you don't go into traditional, maybe you go into indie publishing, but that's okay. Just don't stop. Because if you love writing, you're going to do it. If you don't love it, then by all means, stop because it's not easy and you really got to love it to stick with it. Thank you, Annie. This has been a lot of fun. To learn more, visit AnnieRains.com. If you're enjoying The Writing Table, please consider leaving us a review. There are so many podcasts out there. Reviews help other listeners find us. Thanks so much for your support.